My personal take on it is that uh, in a perfect world, the website would be the place where the person grows their community that's centered around the, their brand. Today we're headed down under. Are you ready? Let's go! Hey everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further, you found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome to the show Stephen and Irene McConnell from Ariel Careers. Founded in 2011 as a resume writing side gig, Stephen and Irene have built Ariel into Australia's number one executive personal branding agency, where they specialize in weaving together human resources and digital marketing. Ariel has been featured by Inc. Magazine, Business Insider, Smart Company, and the Australian Institute of Management. They offer a full suite of executive services designed to help clients with their classic identity, such as resume writing and interview coaching, their digital identity, including LinkedIn profiles, website design, and business portrait photography, and they will even assist with digital PR and social networks, which include things such as media mentions, and exposure campaigns. They are passionate about building engaging, persuasive, and intelligent brand offerings that help their clients stand head and shoulders above their competition. Stephen and Irene, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Brand New You Show. Hello. Thank you. I'm very excited. You are officially our first international guests. Hopefully, we we won't embarrass the Australian uh, audience, (laughs) Australian people. Well, I don't think you will. And I know you guys are listeners to the show, so I'm going to go ahead and start off with the question that you know is coming. And so if you could vacation or, as you would say, holiday in only one place for the rest of your holidays, where would you go? All righty. I can answer that quite easily. It would be Bora Bora. Okay. We were lucky enough to to be able to go to Bora Bora on our honeymoon, which was about a year ago. It was one of those once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunities we we could only uh, allow ourselves to to travel because we had just gotten married and it was that you know once in a lifetime kind of kind of moment so uh it was absolutely phenomenal and i would i think i could live there for the rest of my life without a without a problem just from a guy's perspective ryan it's quite boring there there's nothing else. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing for for, for a guy that place becomes a nightmare after about ten days. There's nothing to do. There's 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 very uh, little electricity, internet. It's just the beach basically, and and, and blue, water sports and, and, and blue sky and water sports. So, <laughs> it's g- absolutely stunning. I was going to ask if you did, if you agreed just to, just to make sure. <laughs> he's just he's just being a, a lovely husband right now. That's all. He, he likes to disagree with me <laughs> when he can. No problem. So let me ask you this: when you when you go to if you go back to Bora Bora. You're going to take a book with you to read, I assume. And so, which book are you currently reading? I'll ask each of you this one. Which could oh, you? Which? No, which, no this, you're not getting off the hook. This is, this is going to be a very uh, efficient podcast for you because we, we're kind of, you know, joined at the hip, being uh, married and in business. So, the, most of the books that we read, we kind of read together. We read okay. simultaneously. It's really sad. All right, that's fine. So, which which book are you reading now that you might take with you? Right now, we're both reading um, the Four Hour Work Week. Okay. Tim Ferriss. Um, Tim, yep, Tim Ferriss. But I'm not sure that I would take that with me to Bora Bora because no. I don't want to think about efficiency when I'm in Bora Bora. <laughs> I, I would take a fiction book. Okay. But I haven't 
been focused on finding the right fiction book because I've been very focused on business lately. So I'd need to, I'll need to get back to you on that one. Okay, no problem. Let's stick with Tim Ferriss. So my natural follow-up to that is, if you both read the books at the same time, are you buying two books every time? <laughs> or are you looking over each other's shoulders? Well, no, Irene just steals my iPad into devices. <laughs> you know, it's actually, it's good that you do that because then you can like compare and contrast because one of, you know, you're each going to have maybe a different perspective on a specific topic or subject matter. Uh, so it probably helps you really vet out the book, the meaning behind the book as you go mm. through it, I would assume. Yeah, it's also very inefficient because we, we tend to disagree on everything. Uh, <laughs> and <then> we... <laughs> I have two questions. This is going to be one for each of you. Um, yes. So, Stephen, would you rather build a brand or build a car? <laughs> wow. Uh, in my spare time, I would say I would build a car. I, I tend to have a uh, quite a passion for cars, so um, it would definitely overtake my desire to build uh, a brand in my spare time. Okay. If you could purchase one of two cars and only two cars, would you choose the Porsche 911 or the Ferrari <laughs> F40? <laughs> You've done your research. I was uh, speaking of which I was very impressed with the with the detail of your research in your in your intro. You, you know our business probably better than we do, uh, <laughs> and I think you already know the answer to that, to that question as well. Where, where did we write that? Oh, that wasn't about about ice page. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it would definitely be the the, the 911. I, I have a thing for um, for cars which are quite um, purpose uh, oriented. I feel like the Ferrari is quite is a bit of a show pony, uh, <laughs> and I'll get lots of hate mail for, for saying it from Ferrari owners probably. But yeah, to me, the Porsche 911 kind of captures what uh, you know a hundred or so years of car making has been about. It's been you know a couple of generations of guys doing the same thing over and over again and just honing it and making it perfect. And it's quite impressive for me. So I would definitely uh, say that that's my dream car. Okay, Irene, would you rather help with portrait photography for your <laughs> clients or help them rewrite their resumes? <laughs> well, I my background is uh, corporate HR, so my natural tendency would be to say help them with their with their resumes because that's something that I've done day in day out when I when I, when I was working in HR screening CVs. I know what people are looking for, so yeah, I would definitely be helping people on the on the resume front. All right, so this one's for both of you, and this will be our last one. Which is more stressful for you two, participating or helping run a photo shoot, or when a website shuts down? <laughs> we actually had the, the website shut down l- late last night. What's more stressful? Uh, definitely when the website uh, shuts down. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> one of those. Uh, yeah, it's happened a few times. Not, not to bore you with the technical stuff, where we just migrated to a VPS. Finally, we decided to pay for expensive hosting, and it's been a painful journey. So the website has been down, I think, three times this week. <laughs> so it's been an interesting week. I, th- I think most people would agree with you that the website shutting down is a very stressful moment. How do you know about this stuff? <laughs> it probably came to our website when it was shut down. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an official stalker. That's, that's part of what I do. <laughs> that's part of your job. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about personal branding. Right on your front page, you've got your the number one executive personal branding agency in Australia. So I'm curious, in your words, what does personal branding mean at REL? That's such a good question. Look, how, how I see personal branding, for executives, it's about clearly articulating the value that they deliver to their audience and, um, A, figuring out who that audience is is be figuring out what they stand for and then see being able to communicate that through various channels. 
Stephen, do you have anything to add to that? That was quite good. I agree. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does everybody have their own personal brand? I guess, yeah, it's one of those things that you can say that if you say no, it means you're just not, not aware of the fact that you do. Uh, everyone would have a, a personal brand. It's just that whether you choose to craft it and to mold it and be aware of how you communicate it to other people is entirely up to you. And uh, I, I think that in today's world, it's uh, more and more as we move into the digital world and people become more uh, inclined to be free agents and entrepreneurs in their spare time uh, or full time. It's, it's absolutely critical to be aware of what your brand is, what your value is essentially, and how you're communicating, whether you're articulating it in the best way possible. Okay. Yeah. You, you actually just answered what would, what I think was going to be my next question. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway, just to see <laughs> Irene, maybe see your take on this. Do you, do you think that personal branding today is more important than it ever has been before? Or do you think that maybe it just, it's more visible? It gets more quote unquote news coverage today. I think that there are more ways for people to communicate their brand today than ever before. I think before people used to rely solely on their resumes to get them a competitive edge. However, what's now required of just a simple resume alone has evolved so far over the last few years that even that in itself is no longer enough to get you noticed. Enter, <laughs> enter stage left LinkedIn. They've completely revolutionized how accessible everybody is in today's day and age. You can, I mean, I remember Back in the day, it was impossible to ever reach the CEO of a particular corporation, whereas now, with a click of a button, you can actually A, find out who that person is, and B, then contact them and reach out to them. So, yes, it's getting more news coverage, but things are so competitive these days. If you don't have as many touch points as possible out there about you informing your audience of what you're about, then you risk not being the preferred candidate. If, you, if it's just a resume alone and then Joe Bloggs has a resume with a LinkedIn and then Polly Bloggs has a resume LinkedIn and a website, mm. it's not that you need to have that website or that LinkedIn profile, but you're just you're giving the person that wants to find out about you more ways to find out about you and to figure out in a competitive landscape whether or not you are it. And that's what essentially you need to be doing in order to stand out, uh, stand out and to be getting those phone calls uh, from recruiters and headhunters. Can I just, uh, can I just add something to that quickly? Uh, to me, when, when you say, say this, what really stands out to me is something fascinating that essentially what you just said is people behave more like businesses these days. Mm -hmm. uh, what you just described essentially is a competitive landscape for any business and has been for you know, centuries. It's, the, it's, it's, it's how businesses have evolved and how they, they prospered and how they failed through essentially brand presence and being competitive and standing out and being smart as to how they articulate value and how they reach their audience. Uh, and for me, this is why personal branding is so important these days because essentially in, in today's world, people are starting to operate in more and more uh, as, as, business, as a business would and, and follow the same principles, same marketing principles that a business would and succeed does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the, you know, the article written by Tom Peters uh, so many years ago, the brand called you is, I mean, yeah. it's truly happening all around us, right? I mean, people are, I think people are really starting to look at themselves as a business and they're, and, yeah. and, and rightfully so. 
And they're starting to look at marketing themselves that way too. And so you, you touched on something, Irene, in your answer that I, I still, I find interesting. I get, I get the resume, I get the LinkedIn and I get the website. I mean, I'm, I'm on board with all those ways, but if someone which one of those two, let's say resume versus LinkedIn, which one of those two would you recommend or steer someone towards if they were just getting started out um, in the personal branding journey and they wanted, you know, they wanted to get noticed quickly by some recruiters, which, which way would you steer them? Look, I would actually recommend both. I don't, uh, it's hard to say one versus the other because they're both very important today. Uh, And they both work in very different ways. So just to have one or the other would mean that you weren't able to fully articulate what you're all about. The resume is a, is a much deeper dive into your background, into your achievements. The, the quantifiable aspects of your achievements, you can obviously share a lot more freely because it's a, it's a private document, whereas on LinkedIn, you need to be a little bit more discreet about what you can and can't say to mm-hmm. the public. Um, also, LinkedIn is a lot more personality driven. Uh, it's a lot more about your why, your value, what you're all about. Uh, and it's an engaging insight into why somebody should hire you, whereas your resume is more about how you fit into a particular role, the how why it makes sense for somebody to hire you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So let's add let's add a third dimension to that and then let's put the website in. How would <laughs> how would all three of those play against each other or with each other or how are they all complementary to each other in the personal branding space? Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's that's an amazing question. Um and it's an interesting one too that we wrestle with because it comes down to uh, the amount of time and amount of effort that a person is willing to put into it. My personal take on it is that uh, in a perfect world, the website would be the place where the person grows their community that's centered around the, their brand. Um, so it has very little to do with, with themselves in a sense. It would be definitely not a, a classic kind of brochure, which, you know, you know hi, I, you know, I'm, you know, amazing. And I have all these X, Y, Z skills. That's what the resume is for. Um, so the website would be essentially the place where the person serves their audience and serves their community and through and leverages them that perhaps not even in a strategic way. It's very hard to strategically leverage something that's community-based in a way that really uh, fulfills a, you know, X outcome. Uh, quite often, as you probably know, uh, these connections just happen out, out of the blue. You can't you, you can't predict them. You're hoping for X and Y comes out, and you're actually more happy with Y. Um, so it's more of a place to be of service to others, in line with your brand's values. Whereas the resume is, as Irene pointed out, is more of a detailed dive into your history. It's more your skills. It's it's what you can offer to the table as far as your background goes. And then the, the LinkedIn would be more of your brand story and the culture fit uh, and how you got into the place. And it really a, glim- a glimpse uh, into your personality for a recruiter uh, or a hiring manager for, for that matter. So that, that's kind of like the ecosystem that I would like to to build for everyone. The unfortunate thing is that obviously this this is quite, you know, this requires commitment and dedication and, and money. And so uh, not everyone will want to spend, you know, a year building up a website that has a community and pouring thousands of dollars into it. Uh, and not and- everybody has something of value to contribute 
to be able to build a community around as well. Exactly. And so this is where it gets really tricky. And this is where it's, it's where I find this field really fascinating right now is really there are no solid answers. It's just that we, for example, we're, we're asking these questions every day and we're trying to answer them in many different ways. Uh, and we're seeing what, what works best for our clients. And I think really over the next couple of years, this will really start to take shape and take form and we will actually have solid answers as to how, and people will start to understand what this is about. Let's not forget that this is relatively new. Uh, Even though you said, you know, Tom Peters wrote that article 25 years ago, he was a great visionary. It's amazing that he predicted this, but really people are only starting to cotton on to it now. And I think for the next couple of years, people will use websites more as brochures as well, more like a, you know, a couple of page websites where... They say more about themselves, but over time, some select people will evolve those into true portals through which they distill their value. It's interesting. You know, personal branding, I, I personally believe has been around for a really long time. Have you ever, either of you ever read the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich? That's on a perpetual to-do list. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's fantastic. And that book was written in 1929. Wow. One of the things that uh, Napoleon Hill talks about in that book is how to brand and market yourself, but no one packaged it up and called it personal branding. And so when you go through that book, you're going to find a lot of things that take place today that he talked about all the way back in 1929. It's crazy. Yeah, I find it I find it fascinating that it's taken just, you know, so long for it to come mainstream. And and an- another thing I find fascinating is there was this article uh, this past week I was trying to pull it up here and I can't find it. They they were talking about jobs in the next 10 years that will surprise people as far yeah. as, you know, the where where the hot the quote unquote hot jobs will be and yeah. believe it or not, you two are sitting right in that space. Um, they, they actually call out personal brand and branding coaches as being one of the biggest jobs in the next 10 years because of the shift in the workforce where people are starting to now see themselves as a company yeah. and they're recognizing the value and being able to market themselves as one. I, I think there's another reason as well. I think because people are starting to see themselves this way, there are more opportunities also available in the market. Employees are demanding more flexibility um, in the workplace. Employers are finding it then harder to to retain people um, and and also harder to find people because they have the flexibility to now work from home. Uh, There's a whole lot of freelancing gigs that are available that were never available 10 years ago. I agree. I think there are so many – the internet is affording and creating so many new and different opportunities that didn't exist 10 10 years ago, five years ago. People are beginning to realize that they that it is possible for them to start their own business, to become a freelancer without the need to have, say, the backing of a large company behind them. I, I think it's, and I think we're going to see that more and more. And so I just I found it very surprising when I read this article, and and right there it said personal branding coaches will be one of the hot jobs within ten years. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember reading something uh, similar, and I, and I remember uh, digital marketing uh, coming up as also one of the top uh, professions. And it always also struck me because that's essentially the same thing. It's with a slightly different slant, with a few with a few slightly different skills. But uh, it's and it's and it's interesting that we're experiencing this kind of uh, rebirth of marketing, you could say, because it, for for a long time it was this kind of really niche thing. If you look at organizational structures, it was this thing that was under the you know the, the, the VP of marketing. 
uh, and it was just a tight set of skills that was only applicable uh, to a certain amount of roles and tasks. It kind of involved, you know, uh, sending out brochures and sending out leaflets to people. That's how we used to think of marketing. Uh, it was essentially just pummeling the crowd with a message. Whereas now marketing is becoming this very intricate and very broad kind of field which applies not only to corporations and companies and businesses but also to human beings and it's uh it's fascinating just to see how much it's grown and how it now begins to encompass almost everything in a business we were talking to a partner from PricewaterhouseCoopers and who's responsible for essentially helping businesses to design new strategies for, for, the, for the digital age. And it really struck me just how far up marketing has moved up in organizational structures. He's, he's essentially saying that you, you don't need a digital strategy, you need a strategy for the digital age, meaning that you have to take every aspect of marketing into consideration when you create your overall business strategy. For somebody who's passionate about marketing, that, that's a very, you know, that, that's a very uh, cool thing because I never expected to be so interesting when I was getting to it. You mentioned there you're talking about roles. Let's let's talk about um, REL Careers, the company that uh, you and Irene have both co-founded. What are the roles that each of you play within the company? So what does what does Irene do? What she responsible for? And then Stephen, what are you responsible for? So my role has changed, I guess, over the years. I started by essentially conducting the entire end-to-end process from the moment a client reaches out to us through to the creation and the delivery of their brand assets. Now my role has changed and I focus purely talking to clients at the outset, understanding what their pain points are, understanding their background, figuring out where they're looking to head, helping them articulate that, and then explaining to them where the gaps are in their presentation and setting a brand strategy for them, presenting them with my opinion as to what they need to do next and then getting their approval, handing that over to my managing consultant. And then she steers the process and and, and has the conversations with the executives. My role also in the business has changed over the years. At at first, I was uh, solely responsible for marketing of Ariel. Whereas now, as we have expanded our product range and we actually essentially provide digital marketing to people. So my role is now to develop the marketing of Ariel and to continue to grow it and leverage myself there and also develop the product offering and obviously deliver the services to clients when it comes to their online presence as well. So it's a, it's a slow process from moving from being, you know, the, I'm sure every business owner goes through this uh, <laughs> from from doing everything. Right. Kind of, to, to, hence hence the, the answer to your previous question, uh, your question some time ago about which books we're reading, why the four-hour work week is so important now is because uh, we've come to, the, to a point where we realize that obviously everything can be done by can be done by ourselves. So we are looking for ways to leverage and to uh, you know, look for look for people who can do parts of our jobs. You mentioned you come up with some of the services you offer. So what, at this point in time, what what services do you offer to your clients? Yeah, so the the most exciting ones that that have just come online, uh, which I really like and which uh, we are growing, are being able to provide people with a photograph, a business headshot, and also a website. So that, that, that alone, those two things, they complete the ecosystem because they allow you to communicate your brand without any major gaps on it online. If you, for example, have a LinkedIn profile that's nicely polished, but your photograph just kind of is a bit of a match, it's, it's not, you know, it, it robs your, your LinkedIn profile of its possible power. So we, um, we had a look around at, at uh, what's what's possible? We, we thought about doing photography in house, and we, we realized we're not that great as, and we don't have the dedication or the time to actually grow as photographers to that level. So we 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 thought 
let's look outside the box. What what if we don't didn't hire a headshot photographer? As if we just you know hired somebody who has that ability to tell a story through a photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realized the answer is completely outside the headshot photography field. So we we came across a photographer who has been a photojournalist for decades, and he has uh, really become famous for. Um, for, for really creating those kind of, those images where you look at the image and you instantly know what the person is about and you, and, a, and the person speaks something to you like you know those photographs right mm-hmm. um, and so we contacted him he's like yep this sounds very exciting and so we, we now have we're now in the final stages of you know tying up uh, the, the loose ends in the business deal and and figuring out the the final points of it and it's really exciting because uh, when people come to us and, and ask for a photograph a headshot we can really really honestly say we don't do headshots we do something else which is a whole new level and nobody else does that when you when you put one of those images onto a, a linkedin profile that the, the team has wrote it really creates something that that, that is completely mind-blowing for people mm-hmm. and the other side of the the things is obviously the the websites which are also coming online and uh, we're getting more and more interest in them like i said to you before there's still a lot of questions we're asking as to how to best deliver them and what people want and it comes down to educating people as well in my in my perfect world i'd love to, for everyone to invest a lot of time into a website where they you know they really embrace it as the place that's part of their daily routine like for example like you do you, you know you're, it's 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 something that's part of your life now yeah i don't i don't set aside special time to do it it's integrated into my daily routine it's 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 essential it's it's like putting on uh, clothes in the morning right it's part of what you do it's part of why you do what you do right uh so unfortunately i think we're still coming out of that age where people still view websites as these things that they can just you know can can outsource to somebody else yeah i'll I'll attend to it when i get around it i don't have time so this is very much the process right now to (laughs) to steer people towards the light so to speak yeah there's there are so many good things that can come out of having your own website uh, especially for executives you know at a higher level who want to demonstrate thought leadership, you know, or just to just to give, you know, make sure people understand what their opinions are on certain topics uh, within an industry or on a specific subject area, because, you know, somebody else might be looking at them as a potential candidate. And when you can yeah. pull from someone's website and start to get a feel for how they think, yeah, that mm-hmm. is, you know, that's something that you're not going to get anywhere else outside of talking to them directly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's almost, uh, it's it's almost presumptuous to say this, but it's I view people at that level where they have so much to offer. It almost becomes an obligation <laughs> to share that gift with with others. Uh, it's and it's not just a, a, out of you know commercial need or anything, but for for the person who has that to offer, it's the it's the ultimate opportunity to be able to express their skill and their gifts in the most leveraged and the most fulfilling way. I have never met a senior executive who when you really ask them those questions outside the context of their daily job when 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 they would say hey you know how what, what do you think of this business problem or this business idea every single business person lights up and they, they go oh what about this what about that how do i solve it it's it's why, why they got into it in the first place they love wrestling with those big questions and those big problems so but the education piece comes around teaching them that it that there's another way for them to communicate this message. They're used to doing it in networking circles yeah. only. Um, they don't gravitate towards doing it online um, and seeing that as a possibility. So that's where our role now comes in, in teaching them that 
this is this can open up so many doors for you and this can be an outlet for you to deliver your value to the world and to create immense satisfaction in your life above and beyond what you're already doing in the business world. So yeah, there's a a large education piece in Australia and and beyond to to bring executives to what's required in today's day and age. I agree with you. I, I, I think it's a big learning curve for a lot of people. And they're still it's still new. I mean, even though websites have been around for a long time, personal websites is still pretty new to people. Yeah, definitely. What are some of the most common issues that you run into with most of the people who come to you for assistance? Most people don't have anything that can be called a resume or a LinkedIn profile. So a lot of the time we're, we're starting from scratch. Wow. A lot of the time, people don't know how to communicate their value. They do what they do. They are good at their job, but they can't distill that into a value offering. And often what ends up happening at the end of the process, they look back at at what we've created for them and they're like, wow, I actually cannot believe that this is me. I mean, I know this is me. I told you all this, but I've, I've never seen that there could be such an amazing story woven around it and that, that, that you you've just, you just understood me, you captured me, you, you know exactly what I'm about, uh, and I could never have done this myself. That's interesting because, uh, because one of the things that I went through when I was going through my personal branding for myself as I was working with an executive coach a few years ago is, you, you know, each of us, we already said it earlier, each of us has a brand, but we each have a story inside of us yeah. as well that's around our career and we're so close to it that sometimes we forget mm. and we look at ourselves as just a title and but we yeah. forget that we, we you know we're really a, you know kind of a walking skill set that can offer so much value to the world but we don't see that sometimes cuz all we see is our title exactly and we have many many instances where we have taken somebody from a trade operations background and they're looking to get into communications and they're, they've never been able to. They've been trying and trying for months, sometimes years, with the current state of their career assets, their brand, not getting any traction. And after we conduct this intensive interview process, this brand scoping session, we ask very detailed questions. We, we have to make certain inferences. We pull all that together and present them in a way that is very much aligned to the direction that they're looking to head and they immediately get a response from the market, which they hadn't been able to get before. Creating a story around a candidate that they knew they had, but they didn't know how to articulate, it's so powerful and it's amazing how that story can literally change the way that they see themselves and then allows them to go into the interview process feeling like they actually belong in the role that they're about to be interviewed for. The story that we create for them gives them that confidence to make that step. You're doing a lot more for them than just helping them understand their personal brand. You're actually giving them the confidence that they need to be successful because I think sometimes we lose that, especially if we've been in the same job and doing the same thing for a long period of time. You kind of forget who you are Mm. in that process. Yeah, it's about taking the points of value that are crucial to then and align them towards their intended direction. So highlighting things that they may not have seen as relevant, but we know that they are relevant, will facilitate them on on their path. And it's so easy to forget, especially as a business owner. Uh, it's it's probably, I, I don't know if Irene agrees with me, uh, 
probably business owners are the ones who struggle the most oh, articulating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Quite often we have clients where they'll, they'll be going through a career transition. Uh, let's just say, for example, somebody built up a company and they want to have a more you know, sensible lifestyle. So they, they will sell, they're looking to sell the company and get a nine to five job. That, that's, a, that's quite a common kind of client that we get. And it's interesting the, the you asked them a question of like, well, so what have you done? <laughs> you right. know, what have you achieved? And they just kind of draw a blank. The, the, their response is everything uh, mm-hmm. and kind of nothing. They, they really struggle. Uh, and I, I completely understand. I'm sure you do as well. And yeah. any other person has grown a business world because you tend to, you just do everything that you have to do uh, at, at a certain point. And then you, 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 it's really hard to step outside that. And then, and then you, when Irene digs into their background and she asks them the questions and, and she strips down the layers, all this amazing stuff comes out and you, and you find out that they have literally changed the world with their company and they forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also about asking very specific questions that um, – so if you start with your strategy first and you know – where it is that that person's looking to head next. There's no point creating a brand that encompasses everything they've done because not everything is relevant to the direction they're looking to head towards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about making sure that the questions you ask are targeted enough to get the right answers that then aligns what they've done before to where they're looking to head, which is the mistake a lot of people make because a lot of people think that, that if they include everything, they will become more appealing. But it's not about including everything. It's about being very specific and creating an approach that's very targeted so that the person that, that picks up your application or reads your website, reads your LinkedIn profile, understands, aha, uh-huh, this is the person I'm looking to speak to. I kind of have a phrase for that. I call it, you want to be known as the Google of your niche. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you so you're very targeted in what you want to do, and your and people know just when they do a quick search on you what you're all about. It's it's an interesting example. Uh, uh, this this is a very this will be a very interesting beer conversation with you because Google is now becoming kind of <laughs> lost as well. They they used to be all about search, whereas now they they kind of do everything from cars to you know you you could you could really argue that even Google is now kind of committing that same mistake. <laughs> well, true. That's there's some truth to that too. Yeah, and so it's interesting to like to really, as you grow, not to not to forget what you're about. Uh, and I, I really do wonder these days if you walked into Google and you you know pulled out ten Googlers from the from the company and said, "What are you about?" and really put them on a spot. I wonder if they would have more difficulty today to answering that question than let's say ten years ago. Yeah, it's okay. So now you're making me think I'm gonna have to rethink my saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those folks who might be listening who are in the position that we just talked about. They've they've been so close to it. They just don't know how to get started even thinking about what their story is. Is there anything like a tip or a trick that you can guide them to do or an exercise that you ask them to do that might help them kind of jog their memory, if you will, on all the great and wonderful things that they have done? I think the first question, before they even start to ask themselves what they've achieved, the first question they need to ask themselves is, where do they want to head? What does that next position, next opportunity look like? What sort of responsibilities will they they be taking care of in that role? Because once they can articulate that, then they can provide supporting evidence to show they can do similar roles. They need to look into their then look into their background and figure out what have I done 
that supports this direction. So starting at the end goal and then working backwards is really important. Starting with the end in mind, that was one of uh, Stephen Covey's habits of highly successful people, right? Highly successful people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, great. So as we wrap up here, what is the best way, because you guys, even though you're in Australia, it is an international business. What uh, is the best way for any of the listeners who'd like to get in touch with you for them to do that? Well, you can hop onto our website, which is ariel.com.au. Have a poke around. And if you want to contact us, go to the contact page and submit an inquiry. And that is Ariel, A-R-I-E-L-L-E. Dot com dot A-U. Dot com dot A-U. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, All right. So any final thoughts, words of wisdom, tips you'd like to pass on to anybody who's listening today? I don't know about wisdom. It's just that it's, it's really it's been really great to have a chat to you because it's uh, it's a really important topic to be talking about and really covering because it's it's great to see that people uh, are starting to to ask these questions and really wonder about how work can look for them. At the, at the end of the day, this conversation is not even about personal branding. It's really about the future of work and just deciding and uh, really thinking about how that. Well, like Irene just pointed out, how the future of work in general and how the future of work for yourself will look like within that in say five, 10 years time and being prepared for that future. And if you really start to uh, ask those questions, I think uh, most people will, will come to realize that doing things the way they have been doing for the past say 10, 20 years is not the way to get there. It won't, it won't take them there. It requires a rethink. And, and thankfully to, to through resources like yours, for example, like your part podcast and many others, people now can start to not only answer those, uh, ask those questions, but begin to really wrestle with the answers and start making those changes step by step. So that's really cool. It is. It is really cool. I think we're heading into a very exciting age for people in the workforce, and uh, you know, companies like yours, Ariel Careers, are helping to lead that charge. And I wish you two the best of luck as you continue on with your business. And thank you both very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks Ryan. for your time. Too often, when we start a new task, project, or perhaps when building our brand. We tend to focus on what is right in front of us rather than where we are heading. We see the here and now, but not the journey that has brought us this far. The journey ahead often looks like a hippie trail head full of zombie, which means we can only imagine the journey ahead of us. Ideally, we should start with the end in mind, but what if we don't yet know what the end looks like? This is the case with many of Irene and Stephen's clients, and if this describes you, rest assured you are not alone. Like Irene does with her clients, the personal branding journey begins by pulling apart who you are and what you've accomplished to date. Too many of us look ahead and forget that we've been traveling in a fried-out combe, so we don't take the time to look behind and see what we've accomplished. To know where you want to go means you need to understand where you've been and how your skills and traits translate to the next journey, path, or career. Once you understand this, you're ready to tell your story in a way that will give confidence not only to you, but to those around you as well. This confidence is critical, especially as the world of work is changing all around us, as Stephen pointed out. Each of us really is a business of one, and looking at yourself this way will be critical to your future success. This is true whether you're buying bread from a man in Brussels or selling your services as a freelancer. By 2022, which is only seven years away, PricewaterhouseCooper has estimated that two out of five workers will be freelancers. In other words, they'll be a business of one. And before you say, hey, Ryan, I've got a good job with a good company. I've got nothing to worry about because I come from the land of plenty. 
please go and listen to show 23 with Richard Kirby so you can be reminded that those days are past. Job security is being replaced with employment security. Embracing yourself as a business of one and treating yourself as such, like Stephen said, this is the best way for you to ensure your employment security. And for those of you who don't embrace this concept, before you find yourself lying in a den in Bombay, my challenge to you is this. Google yourself this weekend. Remember, what you find is your marketing, whether you control it or not. And if you don't like what you find or you want to improve your results, text online brand, all one word, to 33444. After providing your email address, you'll get a link in your email that will take you to my free online brand assessment. In less than five minutes, you'll receive your online brand score, as well as suggested actions that you can take to start improving your brand marketing today. Stephen and Irene, thank you again for being on the show today. You guys are at the forefront of the personal branding revolution and the leaders in creating businesses of one. For any listeners who are interested in learning more about the services at RAL Careers, I'll have all the links for you in the show notes at ryanroten.com forward slash REL. And that's A-R-I-E-L-L-E. So that about wraps up today's show. So whether you're six foot four and full of muscles or not, Go out and put some shrimp on the barbie and start planning your business of one today. So until next time, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. Hey, hey, that's right. You guessed it. I am at it again with another Easter egg show, which means that hidden in my closing monologue, there are select lyrics from a particular song. Did you catch the song? If you did, send an email to me at rlroten at gmail.com with the subject line, Name That Tune. In the email body, tell me the song name and the musical group who wrote it. If you are the first to correctly identify both the song and the artist, I'll send you a free copy of the book mentioned in today's show, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Good luck. This time, I really am out. The Brand New You Show is produced and edited by Ryan Roden. The intro and outro music is Pulse by Soundrobe.